Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Amber Furman, and this is episode 60 of the More Than Corporate podcast. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, I have a really cool interview with Lynn Whitebeck. Lynn is the founder and CEO of Petite to Queen, and she helps the world by providing women virtual mentoring leadership programs and tools to achieve more faster. Building on her successes and experiences in executive leadership roles, Lynn shares the lessons she learned along her journey to supercharge her clients' careers. She transforms their habits and emerges a leader. Lynn is the co-author of a highly regarded book, Practical Wisdoms at Work, which has a 4.7 star Amazon rating. This quick read guide provides insights to navigate situations, challenges, and opportunities that arise every day in business, teaching you how to broaden your career with skills that will set you apart. You may have seen Lynn in USA Today, HuffPost, Chicago Tribune, and more. I am super excited for you to hear from Lynn. Before we jump into that, I would like to take this opportunity to ask you to take just a minute to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review if you have taken any nuggets of wisdom from this show that have resonated with you. Leaving a rating and review does a couple of things. It allows me to hear what you resonate with with the show and provide more valuable content to you. It also helps with Apple's algorithm so that I can get the show out to more people and impact more lives. So I would greatly appreciate just a minute of your time to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show. With that being said, I'm super excited to jump into this interview with Lynn Whitebeck. Lynn, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. I am really excited to be here, Amber. Thank you. I'm excited to have you. And I know I was telling you off camera that I love your Facebook page and your group and what you stand for. And I'm super excited for you to share all of that with our listeners because I think it's a message that needs to be heard. Before we get into that, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody kind of where you're from, what it was like for you growing up, and um, for lack of a better word, what you wanted to be when you grew up. Uh, I grew up in a smaller town in the state of Washington, which was called Wenatchee. It was a great town. It's a great small town, small city. And uh, then we moved around quite a bit until we settled in the greater Seattle area. And so there was that period where I moved a lot. And so you always had to, um, one at one point in grade school, I moved three times in one year. So a little bit like a military brat, except mine only went for a two-year period, but I, I, moved, I changed schools literally six times. And then after we'd gotten settled in our new home, finally, uh, it ended up that we, um, they opened a brand new school. <laughs> so I moved again. Um, but that experience really um, you know, ingrained in me this idea that I could just land on my feet. I could make new friends, I could, that resilience. I think that's one of the core pieces of resilience that became part of my personality. It's just who I am. Um, Sort of like Captain Marvel, she just gets up when she falls off the rope or when she gets shoved down, she just dusts herself off. Um, So that was a great experience. Um, Went to college here in the greater Seattle area, then went to California to go to graduate school. And uh, it was funny. And when I first started college, I was pre-med. I had this idea that I wanted to be a doctor. And part of it was because, you know, like a doctor is a really, really something that you, it's sort of like the pinnacle of like a career achievement. And when I was in college, I went, well, wait a minute, you know, I don't like being around blood and stuff like this, but I do love to help people. So that sort of was a transition for me. And then when I started working, that's what really spoke to my soul was how I could help others. And what's funny is, you know, yeah, I never joined the Peace Corps, but I could help people in my job because I was in professional sales. I could take a weight off their shoulder. I take care of this project. They didn't have to think about it again. And I made a difference in their day to day. In fact, the job I had in college, um, when I was a housekeeper at Holiday Inn, 
I made a difference for that traveler who was coming to the hotel, that they were going to have this clean room with everything they needed ready to go. And as I climbed the corporate ladder and became an executive, let me tell you, and I traveled all the time. Every week I was on a plane going somewhere or multiple places. There's nothing like being able to come into a clean, well-appointed room ready to go. So um, everything I've done has always come back to that desire to help others. And I think that could be part of a small, small town. Oh, um, I agree for and sure. And that atmosphere and, um, and then moving around the resilience to um, recognize when something isn't quite working and not be afraid to pivot and be completely cool with being uncomfortable. And instead of thinking about what I'm giving up, instead I focus on what I'm going to get in return. That's amazing. And, uh, and I, I really know that I can, make, I can make a new decision. So that just because I've made a decision based on facts and figures in the past, I have the power to make a new decision. And that is so important for everyone to recognize that they have the power of choice to choose a new path, to go a new direction, just to make a choice. They have the power to make a choice. Yeah, 100%. Um, (laughs) And I love that. And I kind of feel like, I mean, you just bundled it up so much. I'm so happy. (laughs) So, I mean, you guys just go ahead and listen to that. And then that's my new intro for my podcast. So, So I have the most important question that everybody wants to know. Packers or Seahawks? I could care less. Sorry. Football fan. Okay, cool. No, I always, I always, when you were like, I'm from Green Bay, I was like, oh my gosh, maybe she's a Packers fan. And then you're like, I'm from Seattle. And I'm like, that's probably the only other place in the country where people love their football as much as they do. Oh, yeah. Packers, they got so. the whole green and blue thing going on. And, um, Good yeah. to know. Good to yeah. know. Not, um, my, not my gitch. <laughs> so, no doctors for you because you don't like being around like, sick people and blood. Oh, and no, no, no. Okay. It's not that. I, I actually, um, you know, I was around my husband for three years as he went through terminal cancer. And oh. that's the single most thing I'm proud of in my life. So I was asked that question recently about, it was about a career. What are you most proud of that you've accomplished? And it was, well, I'm most proud of the fact that I was my husband's rock, his primary caregiver, her, his cheerleader, um, his counselor um, there with him when he as he went through that horrible, horrible experience. I, I am so sorry for your loss, first <laughs> oh, of all. Yeah. And yeah. second of all, um, I can completely 100% agree with you. Like sitting by, especially when it's a loved one, and I think that that could be a huge, a huge distinguishing factor, you know, is, is when there's somebody that you care about so much and you're watching them. My grandma passed away from cancer, and I went through a very similar situation where, you know, we just sat there and did what you could. And eventually there comes a point you can't do anything else. And that has lessons in and of itself that you take from it. Um, it is. It's a dark tunnel and you just celebrate every day. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things I wanted to comment on for your amazing intro is number one, the resilience that you mentioned. I, um, that was the first thing that was coming to my mind is like, if kids are growing up the way that they should be raised instead of unfortunately the awful things that some kids have to go through, they shouldn't have to face so many problems as a child. But unfortunately, sometimes they do. And so when you were talking about moving from school to school, that to me um, was a way to learn about some of the things that kids don't always get exposed to because without trauma, I guess if, is what I'm trying to say. And so for me, that resilient side of things really makes an impact um, and really resonates with me. She kind of have to start over at every school. <laughs> yeah. um, and then as far as um, loving to help people, we were just having a conversation, a friend of mine about what makes people successful in business. And I told him, I said, it doesn't matter what business you're in, the way to be successful is to figure out how you can add value to as many people's lives as possible. And then everything else will come. And you're right. Like the easiest thing, well, let me take that back. The simplest thing, because there's nothing easy about it. The simplest thing like coming into a nice clean room and not having to have cleaned it is 
um, so refreshing. And I, I do want to say for everybody that's out here listening that that's something to take into our own lives as well, because we focus on the big things so much and we leave the little things behind um, as much as like paying attention to our environment at our house or, you know, just taking a little bit of time to care for ourselves and gives ourselves the self-care. And we let those things go because they're not always these big picture items. And those are the things that end up making or breaking us. Yeah. I, I guess when I look at my career, I think that having this genuine feeling of kindness towards other and trying to see the good in the other person, that has always lifted me up. And the time holder missteps is when I get caught up in this calamity of negativity. So when you are, um, you come with that sense that everyone is going to come along with you and looking for that good in the situation or in the people that you're with, I, you can overcome almost any kind of challenge um, or difficulty. And um, sometimes it takes you to unleash your inner tiger so that you can have a conversation that needs to be had um, so that you can let someone know that, you know, this isn't working the way you're treating the team members. This is how it's being perceived but I know that's not who you want to be. So having those difficult conversations, whatever it is, it's not like everything goes smoothly. And sometimes I think as individuals, we have to take the long road around to get to a short distance because it's that journey and that experience along that longer path that brings us whole to the next stage of wherever we're going. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, everybody knows the cliche phrase that hindsight is 2020, but it's 100% <laughs> real because you can't you can't tell when you're in the middle of that shit storm. <laughs> and then you get out of it and you're like, okay, maybe there were lessons that I was supposed to learn from those. Or maybe we create the lessons to make ourselves feel better about the shit storm. Like that's the um, philosophical debate, right? Do we learn the lessons or do we create the lessons? Which one are they? Who knows? Um, so I want to talk about your um, petite to queen um, amazingness. That's the best oh. way that I can describe it that you have going <laughs> on. You. Um, first of all, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what that is and where the idea for that came from and kind of how it all came about? Uh, so Petite to Queen is about providing programs and tools to women to achieve more faster. And it really came about because of my husband's, my experience, my husband was, had cancer, he's dying of cancer. I have, we have a daughter. I have two nieces. Um, my one niece was in graduate school. My other in college. My daughter would be graduating from high school. And it sort of gave me an opportunity to sort of reframe what was my next step. You know, what, were, what was going to happen um, moving forward? Because obviously my husband was going to die. And I framed it in that, you know, that these young women were going to be starting in the workplace. And why, oh, why were they going to have to learn the same lessons over and over again? And this is the type of thing that women are so geared in so many ways to do excel at work. And yet we've been socialized to be quiet, to be polite, and to sit in the back seat. And we have to unlearn some of those things so that we can do what I said, unleash our inner tiger, find that gumption, and be our whole self, our genuine self, our authentic self in the workplace. And many women can struggle with that. And they turn to this sort of passive aggressive thing or the women with the dagger in their teeth and, um, it, you, they, or they pick up characteristics that are so wholly foreign to who they are um, that it does. It just almost is like a poisoning their, their own well of who they are. And so, and it also just tied in with the way that I've always wanted to be able to help others and to give back. And I went, well, geez, you know, I have pivoted so many times in my career um, I have had success that people would look like on paper, um, rising to executive position at a major corporation, um, becoming a COO of 
uh, and, and being involved in startups, uh, all kinds of different things, right? And yet, um, when I look at real success, it's not all those things. It's like, how could I help others just move into those leadership positions with more confidence um, and you know, really have the tools that they need behind them to make that and those power skills that they need uh, to excel. I love that so much. And I have, um, I have a friend of mine in Georgia who recently started a nonprofit for domestic violence survivors. And um, they are creating a program that talks about so much of what you just talked about um, with the mental piece of things, because obviously there's something else going on when it comes to the trauma of domestic violence, but it all starts with exactly what you just talked about. And I bring that up to say that I was talking to them about what makes me different than somebody who's been in a domestic relationship. And the answer sometimes is that my partners didn't take it that far because I feel like so many times we, as you said, as women are put in situations where we don't always feel like we can stand up for ourselves. And the skills that you're talking about empower women to be able to stand up for themselves in all kinds of situations, not just those. And I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, they, I, all these power skills apply in life and in career. They're yeah, just absolutely. as important in life. You know, just like what we talked about resilience, I had to have resilience to move past and move forward with the love of my life dying of cancer, right? You just, you have to find the good in that, no matter how horrible it was, um, so that you can keep moving forward. Absolutely. If you sit there and dwell on it and, you know, there's, there's a fine line between remembering and grieving and giving respect to that time that you had. And then like sitting in that and letting it hold you back. And, and that's unfortunately a fine line that everybody has to find for themselves, but talking yeah. about it and knowing that you're not the only person out there that has suffered from that. And there are other people you can seek strength from, um, can help so much. So as far as your program is concerned, do you normally work with people in person? Do you work virtually? How is your program set up? Well, um, we have an exclusive one-on-one -on -one, uh, service that we provide that I go through uh, very specific coaching programs. So one that we're just getting ready to launch is about how to um, ask for a raise, ask for the promotion, or you know, ask for the new job, you know, the new hire. And it's really taking you all the way back to looking at what are your own self-limiting beliefs and what are the walls that you've built and then taking us all the way through to that negotiation, um, uh, you know, making the power pitch um, and uh, uh, going through that to close, the, you know, essentially you're closing a sale, <laughs> closing a deal, but it's for a new job, a promotion or a new hire. And so it's that journey. And it's all the incremental steps that you have to go through because so many times what happens is that people, it's just like, well, suddenly some, somehow there's going to be like, I don't know, bewitched or, or somebody's going to, that's really dating me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, where it's like a twinkle of your nose and you just move from point A to point B magically that it just does not happen that way. And really understanding where you're coming from and getting to your why is the very first step to being able to create a transformation so that you are the driver and you do have control and it's that's where you start and then as you go down the path and you you acquire these different tools and you're, you're practicing and you go through exercises at the end there you are and it's like wow <laughs> I can't believe I, you know, I am out there. I'm going to go for it. If I don't get this, I'm going to get the next thing, you know, and it's really incredible to see someone after, you know, this eight week journey. Yeah, I can imagine. And the importance of applying for things and not getting them is just as important as applying for them 
and getting them. And I love that you said that. I also grew up in a very small town and I didn't experience my first rejection at a job or at a school program that I had applied for or anything to that effect until I was in college. And I thought like I was the most awful person. Like, how can anybody tell me that I can't scan groceries at a grocery store? You know what I mean? And I think, I think it was actually Target and they made you take that stupid personality test because like only certain personalities can apparently be a, a cashier at Target. But I remember being completely upset because I had never experienced that kind of rejection before. And I love that you're talking about that with these women that are just entering the workforce or who are looking for ways to be stronger in the workforce. Oh, absolutely. And, but even going through that experience, you look back and say, well, what did I learn from that experience? I did all these different things. And so now I can put those into my value vault and now I can pull them out the next time I need them. So I think that's that part about that resilience and um, really creating this sense of agility that I can move where I need to move. Um, and, uh, every, and when you go through those exercises, also I use the phrase of value vault of creating everything that you've really done and how it applies in different aspects of your life. And so even my years of doing like massive project management, like managing a huge project, a print project that had you know, like literally like for Starbucks, there were 300 different items they were going to you know, a hundred different stores in different configurations, but managing that ended up being a help from when I was managing all of my husband's doctorate appointments. Not that I want to keep going back to that, but oh, these, no. these skills are actually there and it's just identifying and recognizing like, whoa, yeah, I could do this. Like the first time I was handed this project as an executive to manage a trade show and I've never done that before. And I went, well, I can do this. You know, no hesitation because I went, well, I've done all these other very complicated projects. It's just a different type of project. You yeah, know? absolutely. And <laughs> I mean, I, as far as your husband is concerned, like definitely don't apologize for going back to that because there's so <laughs> many life skills that are learned from something like that. And that's the whole goal of, especially what you're doing and, you know, what we're talking about here on this podcast is everything either makes you grow or, I mean, you never stay the same. So from each experience, you either grow or you retreat a little bit and you go into your shell. And no matter what we go through, it always makes us stronger eventually. Sometimes it takes us a while to get there because we shut down first, but there are life's lessons in everything that we do and something as completely um, just emotionally and physically involving losing a loved one, especially to a sickness like that has so many lessons in it. And I love to hear that you can talk about those lessons now and learn from them and help others through that without the emotion that I'm sure was behind them. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. It. Yeah. The first diagnosis, I think I held a two week pity party. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I'm, then it's like, okay, let's dust yourself off and let's get to it. Yes. Yes. And by the way, I love the bewitched comment. So thank you for that. Um, I haven't thought about bewitched in so long, but I have the theme song going through my head now. So, um, so I want to talk for a minute about your course that's up about imposter syndrome, because this to me is probably one of the most misunderstood things that is out there. And I was thinking about this before we started our interview today. One of the most overused and misunderstood statements is fake it until you make it. And I think that people say that in relation to an imposter syndrome feeling, and they're two very different things. And fake it till you make it, in my opinion, is not the way to approach anything. So can you talk about that, about what you guys do with imposter syndrome? Talk about that a little bit and then how we can move past that. Yeah. So imposter syndrome is essentially a self-limiting belief where you truly believe that you don't deserve a seat at the table. And um, whether it's, it especially manifests itself at work, but it can certainly manifest itself at your family table. And 
so when you're and specifically our program is about overcoming this at work but it's going to affect every aspect of your life but you know it's changing your thought pattern um imposter syndrome is a negative thought pattern it's not a mental illness um but it can almost be debilitating because it can cause you to not go after opportunities not to recognize opportunities um you know not to unleash that inner tiger and so it it, it really holds you back it's like once again in captain america she's got she says i've got both hands tied behind my back because she's got this thing in her neck imposter syndrome was like that it's tying both hands behind your back so we go through um, and in, the inspire method go through this once again it, these are steps to get past this and to move forward and to break it and to break its hold on you that's awesome and i mean imposter syndrome just for anybody who's out there thinking i don't know what imposter syndrome feels like i can promise you do um you know if you've if you've ever tried to do anything and you've thought why would anybody want to listen to me why <laughs> why should i be the person that talks about this I mean, there's so much that goes along with imposter syndrome, but if for any reason you've wanted to go do something and you've ended up talking yourself out of that because you don't think that either one, you're good enough or two, you're the right person to deliver the message, then you have met my good friend, imposter syndrome. Yeah. And imposter syndrome and I have a conversation every week. So um, <laughs> it's just about engaging with that and I'm sure I'm sure, and I would love for you to talk about this a little bit, that this is not an eight-week course on imposter syndrome that you then say, okay, I got you, you're done. This is like how to deal with imposter syndrome because it will follow you around the rest of your life. Is that correct? It is. It's more about managing it, learning how to manage it, to recognize it for what it's, it is, how it's impacting you, and then um, basically say, yeah, I'm looking you right in the eye and you're not going to drive me. I'm in control um, and I'm not going to let this fear hold me back. And I know what you are and I know what you're doing and you're there and I'm, and it's going to, I'm feeling uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I cannot remember the name of this author to save my life. So I'm going to have to look it up, but there's a book out there that's called, I hope I screw this up. Have you read that yet? <laughs> I have not, but you know, I think that when uh, I look back and all the mistakes I've made or the missteps and more often than not, they have been just these, these gifts of, of really dramatic self-awareness or learning uh, for myself. And in fact, sometimes they've helped me recognize that I, I was just simply going in the wrong direction to begin with. And Wow. Thank you so much. I learned a lot from this and how I can apply it and, uh, and change course. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is why I'm so passionate about getting out of your comfort zone, wherever you are. Like the listeners of this show have heard me talk about physical fitness and Tough Mudder more than I'm sure they'd like. Um, <laughs> however, for me, that really did it because I was stuck in that. I can't do anything phase for so long. And then somebody got me out onto a Tough Mudder course and I was like, holy crap, if I can do that, maybe I can do things. <laughs> and so I love the fact that you mentioned that your programs are meant for business, but they affect every area of your life because that's the way everything is. Like you may think you're pursuing something for one area of your life and it makes this massive impact somewhere else that you never even knew you had a problem. Yeah, or that you recognize how you can apply it in a different way so that um, it can improve a situation at home, right? And that's why, you know, we have those three core topics, you know, at work, for life, and in sales. And I include sales because sales is leadership. I believe every woman should have sales training because it teaches you some core skills on leadership, which you can apply in every aspect of your career. And often if you look at the CEOs of companies, you'll see if you go back in their background, back in the day, at some point they were salespeople. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually never thought about that correlation before. So I like it. I mean, I've always told people that I used to say I wasn't a salesperson and you don't get through life 
without being a salesperson in some way. I remember <laughs> a speaker telling me someday or one way I had to sell like my wife to marry me. I have to sell my kids to get out of bed every morning. Like I got to, I got to sell everything. And I had never thought about it like that. But when I, when I really think about it, the correlation between sales and leadership is amazing. And it's something that I had never really put together. <laughs> So you go into um, in-depth on all three of these topics, and you do that with a team. And um, I noticed that a lot of the team members also share your last name. Are they your daughters? <laughs> I, I, no. <laughs> they are my nieces, my very okay. incredibly talented, brilliant nieces. Um, Amanda and Rachel have two nieces. Um, my daughter uh, is... Uh, she is an applied physics, applied math, aerospace engineer. So she's, so like, she's much smarter than about me. About as far removed as you can get. <laughs> Holy uh, so, cow. Um, but, but yeah, and then just sort of how it uh, developed. Um, when I was uh, uh, doing some of my COO gigs uh, with startups, um, I had internships available. And so I had worked with each of them in turn. And so this ended up being an opportunity that um, we could create something together. That's awesome. And I'm sure that it's nice to have the familial ties throughout as you put together content and do things like that. Uh, you know, it's a uh, family business is tricky business. That's another book. That's a great <laughs> read. And um, so it can, it has um, both incredible um, uh, benefits and, you know, there's some treacherous waters that you have to avoid. Yeah, I can imagine for sure. Um, so as far as your business is concerned or, or your um, petite queen is concerned, I know that you have the Facebook page, you have your website. Um, where else can people find out about what you're doing and what programs and get in contact with you if they um, resonate with what you're doing? <laughs> Well, we also have an active podcast oh, uh, called Practical Wisdoms on iTunes, and uh, it, we have that. So, and once again, there's the three topics, and uh, you can listen to whichever um, one strikes your fancy, but I want people to once again to get, get out of their comfort zone and maybe listen to a sales or a life podcast or listen to a career podcast when they don't think they will. Um, we also have an Instagram a, a page and a Twitter account. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn very, you know, very easily. So, uh, and if you do end up signing up for our Practical Wisdoms newsletter, which is real easy access on our website, um, you can also sign up for it and get our, our, my book and you can get a free e-copy e of my book, the e-book. And, uh, and you're going to find what's your out. book called? What's it's, the title? It's Practical Wisdoms at Work. Nice. So once again, it's this taking that, that point that like this, not, none of this is rocket science, but it's like how that journey, how do we get from point A to point B and then from B to C? And Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I have to know, and I'm sure the listeners are wondering too, what came first, the podcast, the book or petite to queen? <laughs> um, well, actually the, the, the concept of petite to queen came first and uh, that was a really fun, just uh, this dinner and brainstorming about the name for the company. This, it was all about this idea of giving back to women and, and how to move forward a lot faster without all the things that they have to learn along the road. So just as the women ahead of us keep paving the road, you know, let's pave it faster. And, um, and I'm looking around and I'm looking at these young women who are very petite and I'm queen sized. <laughs> and that was because I was trying to return to how do we say that this is for everyone, but you know, we're specifically focused on women, but you know, we don't care what your skin color is, your hair color is, if you've got a nose ring, you know, what, what your religion is, I mean, where you're from. And it was like, how do we incorporate that? And then I sort of thought, well, you know, weight is actually, it can be a, a, something that people are um, unconsciously prejudiced about. And uh, so that is one that I went, oh, you know what? Petite to queen. And that was how we came up with the name. So that was sort of how we started. And then we um, started writing the book. And um, when the book was finished, then uh, we started um, recording podcasts and webinars and writing articles. And four or five months later, we went live. 
That's amazing. And by the way, queen sized is my new description. That's amazing. <laughs> like, I love it so much. Um, so the podcast, I'm super excited to check that out. Um, where can people find that? Is it available everywhere or? Yeah, we've got, it's on iTunes. It's on Google. It's on Spreaker. Um, it's, we have it on our Spotify channel. We also have a lot of great playlists on our Spotify channel so that if you want to get, you know, like motivated, we have one for every chapter of our book. We have them for different, uh, um, sort of like major events. Uh, even if you're just going to have a dinner party, we've got a great one there called words and wine, but, um, you know, so, but the podcasts are there as well. So. Awesome. No, definitely the content is, it would definitely resonate with my listeners. So they need to go check that out because um, <laughs> I'm sure it's amazing. So I want to get into, I ask everybody this question to kind of start off this conversation, which is what does success mean to you right now? Like if you had to define success right now, how would you define it? And if you can think back throughout your life, how has that definition changed for you? Success right now is a life well lived and uh, wherever that journey takes you, uh, it's being uh, about, it's being in the moment and being genuine with people. That part has never changed. Uh, definitely being genuine and authentic um, with people. And so, um, you know, before, you know, when you're younger, when I was younger, um, you can, I, you can get motivated by certain things. So like when I was my first, you know, major job, right. I actually had framed at my desk, a uh, red Porsche turbo Carrera. It was her like, this was my, uh, my dream car. As soon as I could afford that car, I bought a house instead, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it, it's just like, okay, well, yeah. Well, a year later, yeah, I still had that poster up on my wall, but I didn't want it anymore. I mean, I still, yeah, it's like in a perfect world. Maybe I could have that car. Um, I've never owned a Porsche Turbo Career, and I have to admit, I'm completely uninterested in owning one at this point in my life. But um, it was that was a great way for me. Um, once again, it's like you change and you pivot all the way along your journey, and being open to that and to be able to recognize it, laugh about it, um, and just, you know, go all in wholeheartedly into the, whatever the new direction is. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you realized that before you bought the Porsche, because most <laughs> people, I know I, I'm a slow learner, man. So I, um, I would buy the Porsche and then it'd be like, damn, I'm not as happy as I thought I'd be with this. Like, and then, you know, we all know that the resale value on a Porsche isn't the same as the actual buying value. And now you don't have the money for your house. So it's nice that you learn that before you actually invest. And, and I'm using that as an analogy for time, energy, mental space, like whatever it is that you invest because you think that's what's going to make you happy. It's never about the thing, right? Um, and wow. I love that story so much because of that. So that leads me into the next topic of success and fulfillment. So it's kind of like a chicken and an egg thing for me. Do you have an opinion on which one comes first? I definitely think you have to feel fulfillment and you have to feel satisfied and feel good about what you're putting out there and what you're doing. I mean, for me, just from my background, because in this idea that I like to be able to help others that if I'm not happy with making a difference, then success is like ashes. It, 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 it's really meaningless and you can't really even measure it. So whereas success becomes it's a natural extension when you have this passion and enthusiasm for what you're doing. And it, it just, for me, it's come automatically. It, it's been, uh, it's been like a gift that I've received um, just like karma or by, you know, the, the rule of three, when you give out, um, you know, kindness and you uh, enthusiasm and passion, you get something in return. 
Yeah, absolutely. I like that description so much. Um, we all have these conversations that go around constantly with once I feel successful, I'll feel fulfilled. Or if I chase fulfillment, then I'll feel successful. And it's so crazy because they're like two different sides of the same coin. Um, and you, and I don't think you can have one without, well, you can definitely have success without fulfillment, but oh, yeah. you won't feel it. So um, not in the way that we talk about success as far as being this thing that you're proud of. So as far as failures, like let's talk about everybody's favorite topic. Um, what is one of your failures? I know you said that there's a ton and I have them too. Let me finish that sentence. That was a bad place to pause. Um, no, I know that you said that there are all of these failures that you learned great things from. Is there an example that you can give of something that you failed at and it turned out to be a huge lesson? Oh, wow. You know, it's hard to say, but um, I definitely think there've been a few times that I failed to listen to my, um, my, my instincts, my intuition. And so there was a time when I uh, changed positions, changed companies, and my initial instinct had been, you know, this isn't the right fit for me. You know, the culture and the environment wasn't the right fit for me. And I allowed myself to be, um, to per be persuaded. <laughs> and uh, so, and, and I was in a situation that had, was very difficult um, was rather toxic. Um, and so, but I, it was the totally wrong thing to do because I was in an environment and a culture that was not a good fit for me. And so, and I recognized that within a week that it's like, this is like the worst mistake I could have possibly have made. And so I actually was there, um, at home sobbing in the shower, like, what have I done? And you know, so I had my little pity party and I get out of the shower and I go, okay, so what am I going to do to move forward? What can I get out of this experience? And I went, well, I can learn how to work in a very different atmosphere and environment and learn to flex and to adjust my um, style to fit this new environment. Um, just because I do things differently, that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just different what's the good that I can find in learning these, a different way to look at something. Sort of like a prism. I had always been fascinated and followed the idea that we all get trapped within our own paradigm and that we have to be able to um, step out of it and then look around the corner. And so by the end of getting ready, um, I had put on a new attitude and I just, you know, I had a great experience working there for two years and when, um, and then I, I had an opportunity to leave and I did, I, I certainly didn't hesitate to leave that environment, but along that journey, um, it was a long road around, but I still got, I moved forward and I learned a lot from that entire experience. I, um, love what you, so much of what you just said, but putting on a new attitude, like, I just want to focus on that for a second because I think everybody out there, I know I certainly have been in the situation where you're like, your day is just shit. And, um, you just, all of a sudden you realize, and it normally comes at the end of the day that, um, the reason it's been such a crappy day is because of you. And like, you take that deep breath and, kind of switch your mindset and then move on. And I've never thought of it as putting on a new attitude. Like now I'm seeing hats and like their attitudes and like, it's insane. Um, so putting yeah. on a new attitude is a great way to describe it. I always catch myself and it's like, well, what's the worst thing that, that, I mean, is this the worst thing that could have happened to me? And it was like, well, now I've gone through like the worst thing that could have happened to me, a loved one getting terminal cancer and dying. So, um, but at the time, even then you could say, well, no, I mean, this isn't the worst thing that could happen to me. I wasn't in a plane that crashed, you know, this is, so it's like, let's get some perspective on this. And I've always done that to myself and I'll say, this isn't the worst thing that can happen today. And yeah, it sucks, but so be it, um, accept it, you know, and, um, you know, find uh, those, uh, that, that, that lemonade in those lemons, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's such a great skill to have. And it's such a necessary one to have. I know I suffered from anxiety for a long time and that's what 
I used to get past that was, I mean, in a very similar way, what's the worst that could possibly happen in this situation? Yeah. And then, you know, moving past that. And so when you flip that around and say, okay, like my pity party is not really justified in this situation because it's not the worst thing that could happen to me. So let's move on because we all have them, right? It's just oh, a matter of how long we let ourselves sit in them. Yeah. And, and sometimes you really do. You need to have that pity party. Um, it's part of the process to be able to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite quotes that I found um, running around the win the infinite wisdom that is Facebook was, um, <laughs> did you really have a bad day or did you have a bad five minutes that you let last all day? And I was, and that to me is just like that big two by four, the virtual two by four that says, okay, let me adjust my attitude. So I love it. Um, all right. So I have like really enjoyed our conversation today and I love that we gave your social media links already, but I would like to let everybody get to know you a little bit before you go. Are you okay with a quick little random round? Sure. Sure. All right. Um, what profession other than what you currently do, do you think it would be fun to attempt? Oh, having a bread and breakfast. Ooh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Wow, I think I my immediate thought was ancient Egypt, um, and uh, so I'll stay with that. That was just my immediate uh, why. Um, I've always been fascinated with um, ancient Egyptian history and uh, the just a lot of aspects of that. Just very cool. I love it. I think it'd be really interesting to go there as well. Um, what personality trait has been most helpful to you throughout your life? Definitely resilience. Um, awesome. That has been my number one uh, thing. And I think the second, I'm going to have to throw in the second, is the ability to laugh at myself and yes. to be okay with, um, uh, with the stumbles and the missteps and to not um, take myself so seriously that I can't recognize when you know, I need to put on a new attitude when I need to apologize for something, when I need to um, make a change. Yeah, those are the hard conversations to have, man. So I, I really love that you threw all of those in there. Um, and it, it's so important to be able to have those with yourself. So um, when you're reading books, do you have to have the physical book in your hand or do you listen to them? Uh, I actually read my Kindle quite a bit, okay. but I also do read physical books and I also listen to books on Audible or books on CD. So um, it's, uh, I, I, it's the full gamut. The full gamut of information. Any way you can consume it is great. What are you reading right now? Or it, actually, let's, let's change that. If you had a book that you could recommend to somebody, what would it be? Uh, well, if it's a business book, <laughs> I would definitely recommend, uh, the, um, so there's a couple books. So one is called getting naked. Okay. What a title. Yes. Um, um, but it's Patrick Lincoln. And I really like this book. Uh, first of all, his books are always great reads cause they're sort of like a story. Um, but it's got this really core, um, you know, sort of like business 101, you know, and in that book, he really talks about, you know, um, giving, giving it away in a way, I mean, bringing all your enthusiasm and passion to a project and that good things are going to come from that. Uh, in a way, that's what he's talking about is coming fully armed and ready. Um, so that when you're at a meeting and you're, you're giving, uh, the information or how to do something and that in return, you will find that that success or that the business that comes. And uh, yes, there's always people who just want to take, um, but most people want to, um, when you come with that whole genuine, you know, uh, self and passion and enthusiasm, they're going to respond um, with reciprocity. That's awesome. I love it. Um, and then was there a second book that you wanted to mention? <laughs> If not, that's okay. No, I mean, I, I mean, I always, my, my personal reading, I read a lot of cozy mysteries and I have a lot of fun with those. So. Nice, nice. All right. Um, 
I'm a music nerd, so I always have to ask people, what song is your pump-up song? What motivates you right now? <laughs> I've actually been really, the one song that's been with me for several years now, obviously, is Roar. I love to listen. I mean, if there's one thing that's going to, because it is, it's all about like literally unleashing my inner tiger and you're going to hear me roar and I'm just going to go out and do it and I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to bring my whole self to the game. Um, so, I mean, okay, so we went back to the Packers and the Seahawks, you can roar, you know, anyway, <laughs> but um, I, I just, that's, there's, we have a, a really um, a great pr playlist too, that is like all those songs that are going to get you psyched and hiked up. And I've always had this playlist. I have different playlists that um, I have like a calm playlist, like when I'm working on a, something new that I have to really focus my attention on, but it can be playing in the background. You know? Love it. So, <laughs> Love it. Anyway, but that's definitely, you know, that. <laughs> I like it. The sound effects too. They're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> um, do you have a morning routine? And if so, can you give us a glimpse of it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, of course I get up, I have my coffee and I, uh, quickly, um, run through all my emails. Um, and, um, then I play Pokemon go. So I'm a Pokemon go player. Okay. And so I send gifts to all my friends and, uh, I spin a Pokestop. We actually are very fortunate. Um, we have a Pokestop right by our house. Um, and I catch a few things. I do all that. And, um, <laughs> so, and I do that while I'm what, drinking my coffee and I'm waking up. And, uh, if there's something that I see in my email, that's like, it needs immediate attention. I'll go and do that. But normally I just sort of scan and make sure that, you know, overall the day is, there's nothing that needs my immediate attention. So, and then I, play some Pokemon Go, enjoy my coffee. <laughs> nice. Nice. Sounds like a nice relaxing start to the day, which can be so important. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, we're going to go ahead and share your podcast as well as your Facebook links and your Instagram links, as well as the link to your website um, so that everybody can go track you down. Um, where is the best place? I know, right? That sounded really stalkerish. No, no. The, the, yeah, go ahead and stalk me. <laughs> um, if someone wants to stalk you virtually, what's the best place for them to do that? Uh, definitely going to our website. Um, and uh, that's going to, and if they sign up for the weekly wisdoms, then they're going to get every week we put out new content and they'll find out what that is. Um, they can find out about new programs that we, that may come up and be uh, open. Um, and yeah, the website's probably the best. And there's lots of great tools on the website, free resources. There are. I have been spending the last couple of days on that <laughs> website and um, it's fantastic. So you guys should go check that out. And again, I will post the link in the show notes for you. Um, Lynn, thank you so much for coming on. I think you had so many amazing things to say and really left some insightful information for the listeners. And I appreciate you taking the time to share your day with us. Well, thank you, Amber. I, it was a lot of fun. I really, I feel like we're already soulmates. Yes. <laughs> From yes. One, one conversation. <laughs> well, anybody that can mention bewitched and then call me queen sized already has my full heart. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.